0: Kimberly here. This is Macabish, cults, classics, and horrors. We're talking films, series, books, and life, and we're starting right now. Don Thacker, he is the filmmaker who made Motivational Growth, and Adrian Giovanni, he's the lead, he's the star. It all started on social media. An IG friend, Daniel, he put the cover of the movie on his page, and then I was like, "I have that movie. I'm gonna put that in." So yeah. I put it in. I was watching it. Ian was amazing. I was like, "What? Who? Who is this?" And before <laughs> I finished the movie, I took a clip. I was like, "This is amazing." You know what? I'm gonna risk the copyright strike. I'm gonna put it on TikTok. No this strike. Is- <laughs> no strike it was great yeah by the time the movie was over it went viral yeah and i don't know how did it get to you how did you know cuz you yeah,
1: so think- i'm not i'm not on tiktok i don't i don't do much social uh-huh. uh i'm busy i'm a head down most of the time so i don't right. really have the the capability to be much uh much use on social uh so that's how viral it went wow i got a message uh there was a google alert it was oh. like, people are talking about motivational growth. I'm like, no, they're not. Right. <laughs> like, we, we, did, we had a 10 year anniversary a couple of years ago or a year ago or something. We just had a play. They did a stage play of it in Germany last year in December.
2: Oh, wow. What? what? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, amazing. amazing.
1: <laughs> Adrian and I went to, to Germany and, and hung out and watched them do the play. Anyway, so I, I was like, it's done now, right? Like, we did a 10 year anniversary. There was a stage play, nothing else. It's done. It's, I'll never hear about it again until I make some giant, if ever I make some giant movie and people are like, whoa, what did this guy do before? And then somebody's going to be like, he made that movie about the the shit in the corner that talks. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, And then all of a sudden I get this message in the middle of the night and I always worry that like, uh, it's something ridiculous. Like somebody's making somebody somehow got so our we had a we're an independent film so we had a rights management issue at one point like we we sold the rights to a digital distribution partner which was awesome but then they got bought out by a company or at least their film arm got bought out by a company and then that company went bankrupt and then the rights were like gone we didn't know where they went for a while apparently Mm -hmm. they were in china for a while and we had to like eventually go fight and get the rights we could find the trail for back to us. Oh, wow. Uh so my worry is like I have this nightmare scenario where some somebody owns some rights for it that we don't have any control over. Turns out that's not the case. Like we
0: Surprise. We,
1: yeah, exactly. There's some some have there's a remake starring fucking Colin Farrell or something. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. <laughs> it's like way better than my movie uh, or or whatever. I don't know. But it turns out like obviously like that's that's just paranoid garbage. Like we have our current rights holder is incredible and they 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 have all the rights and it's great but um so i got this message what the hell could this be and i saw I was oh, it's one of those cool scenes and it's on that tiktok thing i had to like sign up for an account to see what it was uh, and i saw it i was like oh, wow that's great that's super cool so uh and then i just i kept i checked out your podcast and i checked out who
0: you guys were just because like that's cool and i saw that you guys really liked it so i reached out i was like hey thanks i am a fan of indie horror and I always try to push it whenever I can.
1: Yeah, and I, just to be clear, I, I'm not going to try to sp- speak for every indie filmmaker out there, but I do believe that 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 copyright thing, all that like strike stuff, that's coming from people who are making money off of somebody's hard work, right? Sure. Uh, I, there's no point in which I want fewer people to see the thing that we did, right? So, yeah. like, if if it's like, hey, if you have an Amazon Prime uh, membership. It's on Amazon Prime, and we don't get – I don't know. we I think we we earned over the last – what did we earn in our last quarter, Adrian, off of Motivational Growth, the movie?
3: The last the last quarter was uh, $63.58. <laughs> so <laughs> nice.
1: we're not like rolling in it. I don't you – know <laughs> when somebody's like – I remember when I got the message, another Google little thing, it was like a little Google robot checking out like where motiv- – all of a sudden, this, after the 10-year anniversary – we we re released the D V D for ten years and we had a cool new art and cool new whatever. And um I got I got a bunch of messages one night and it was like motivational growth on Russian torrent site, motivational growth on da, 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 da. and I was like, Yeah, cool. That's awesome. That means people uh-huh. want it. That means right. people are trying to find the movie. Like I'm not saying go torrent the movie. Sure. But <laughs> like go watch the movie in the way that's most convenient and awesome to you. Right. Like, that's the way to go. Because I think I don't think there's a filmmaker out there a, a, a storyteller out there who, who who wants to put the story behind a paywall. I think the paywall is a an unfortunate like artists needing money to do business scenario. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if we're up to me, obviously, I think this is the case for a lot of people. If we're up for me, though, up to me, though, I would uh, I would I'd never charge anybody to see anything. I have ideas I want to talk about. Let's go. Right.
4: <laughs> nice.
1: Nice.
0: All right. Now that that's out of the way, we need to hear the story from both of you. Oh boy. Just like we ask oh everyone, <laughs> how did it start? How, what was the moment you decided you were going to be in the, the film business? Oh,
1: geez. The film business. I like this one. Adrian, yes. do you want to go first or should I
0: go first? Yeah. You know what?
3: Let me go first. Go first. I know your story. Uh, so I'll go and then I can tune out.
1: <laughs> you can tune out. <laughs> Just so you guys know, um, before we get too far into this, Adrian and I are actually business partners We we with, a, with another party that uh, we own up. Imagos films, the company that made motivational growth. Uh so like we're we're actually gonna go be working on a project in like six hours today. Like we, oh, we spend every day together. So like if it sounds like we're jabbing at each other, it's because we're best friends for 12 years. Like it's Very nice. nice. Cool. Very cool. Anyway, Adrian, action.
3: So I, I actually started um uh in, in theater and um I did um sketch comedy and improv in Chicago for a while. Um and I kind of when I first moved to Chicago, because I was a theater guy, I moved to Chicago specifically to do improv and sketch, as most people who go there, that's what they're for. Uh but <clears throat> I did I got cast in a, a short film. Um that Sky's dad owned a pizza shop and uh he was gonna <laughs> make this little movie. It took place at a pizza shop with these uh unsavory characters, and um I spent like two weeks shooting this movie and I was like, oh. Yeah, this is the th- this is the thing. This is what I want to do. But growing up, I grew up in Philadelphia. I did. I went through sports and music and uh, acting and everything before I finally settled in on the uh, on, on, on being an actor. I was an actor first and then I became a filmmaker when I fell in love with film. I hope that was a good story. <laughs> no, that is
2: good.
4: That rad.
2: That's rad. Cool. It, gets,
3: it gets more interesting when we talk about how how Don and I hooked up. But let's I want, I want, I want to hear Don's love of movie story because it's a very good story
1: oh shit i've I've checked out i don't know what you're saying (laughs) i'm joking i'm joking okay all right so uh so we start with the heat birth of the universe that's a joke (laughs) um yeah so i was uh i was four uh four-ish i think and my whole world kind of i was a child i'm a child of the 80s uh so my whole world was like tv and movies like everything was tv and movies like there's nothing really else it was a tv the big like the scare that all the parents are going to sit their kids in front of tv and tv is going to be the new nanny and you know all this stuff uh my mom did not just sit me in front of the television but i definitely had access to a television and spent a lot of time in front of it, as, as many minutes as i could get uh and i to me the tv was like this magical object that like you know like the sun comes up and goes down that exists you don't have any control over it. it's just there and like mom makes you lunch that happens and then there's a tv and inside that tv fantasies come out it's just it's it's as confusing and fantastical as like the sun right like it's a ball of fire in the sky i don't know how that works there's a i'm four and a half years old there's a tv it's just it's a box you turn it on and magical stories come out sometimes you go to a larger box like a movie theater and you see the, the stories on these big things. But <clears throat> I was super into Star Wars because every I was a kid and every kid was in Star Wars, right? I'm not like the biggest Star Wars fan or anything, but so it's really weird that my formative like film moment is like a Star Wars related thing. But um there was a public broadcasting uh service, uh PBS, they had uh they they aired something in nineteen eighty three called From Star Wars to Jedi, the making of a saga right but I had no idea what a documentary was. I was four and a half years old. I remember Watch it, like turning on the magical box that makes stories come out. And I, there, there's more Star Wars. I, I I love Star Wars. I'm gonna watch it. I sit down and get my Legos out or whatever, and I'm just watching this thing that I think is probably Star Wars, but I'm an idiot kid, I have no idea. And and it's the making, right? So I don't I don't know this. It's mid mid show, and I'm watching them. Uh, I'm watching Gamorian guards from Jedi, the pig guys, the green pig guys walk around, but mm-hmm. they're like not in the palace java's palace or anything they're just like in a workshop and uh and then one of them pulls his head off <laughs> and there's a, there's a girl inside of it there's a lady inside of it and I'm, my my little tiny stupid brain is like what the christ is happening i don't know what's going on here this doesn't make any sense where's luke skywalker where's where's han solo what's happening and uh and they kept talking and talking talking and then something i remember the moment so clearly something clicked like the whole world fell into place for me and it was like, wait, wait, wait. This isn't this isn't just some magical thing that happens like the sun going up and down and the stars coming out at night and whatever. It, it, this is something human beings do. This fantastic thing that is like the entire meaning of my life at the time. This is something that people do and I'm a person. So that's all I want to do. For the rest of my life is is figure out a way to make those stories because it's it's like if, if somebody could t- told you hey guys you know tomorrow if you just did these four things you could forge the sun wouldn't you be like Shit, that's
4: that's unlimited <laughs>
1: power right uh that's what it felt like i felt like oh my god i've just been given like i've been given the the power to to forge a, a, a star so uh unfortunately all i could forge was adrian Uh, (laughs) i I was just kidding so no the 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 gag is that i uh i decided then that i was going to be a filmmaker i didn't know what a director was or a producer or anything i just i'd seen this thing so i spent Mm. a lot of time trying to figure it out and frankly i hated the idea of like one guy telling everybody what to do i hated the idea of a producer like somebody who sits in a trailer Mm. like goes over spreadsheets uh granted these are not this is not how this actually works, but this is my idiot kid brain. Um, right. and, and I didn't know what a like I read about a director, and I like once I remember going to the library when I was a, a few years later, and I was going to the library and I'm checking out like what is, what is this film thing? And I think I wanted to be like a like a set painter, or like mm-hmm. a an actor or something something like to I wanted to be in it. I wanted to be in the the mix i wanted to be running around making magic happen i wanted to invent the Gamorrean guard instead of just sit in a trailer and like look at pictures of one so um it turns out i'm like a shit artist and i can't sing or dance or act or draw or draft or set paint or i'm garbage i'm like the worst uh (laughs) but what i can do the one thing i can do is compose a shot and direct a scene and hold hold a room and tell 250 people what to do uh that seems to be something that i'm very good at uh and it, it seems like that's that was kind of where i was going to fit i call this like the 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 devil deal you know you make the deal with the devil i want a million dollars and then a, a pallet of a million dollars drops in the sky and crushes you to death like that kind of thing um like the deal with the devil I think mm-hmm. I, I made the deal with the devil. I was like, I'll do anything. Just let me be a filmmaker. Let me be that thing. And it turns out being a film director is very much not that thing. You don't get to run around with all the people. You don't get to hang out at the lift gate rolling dice after the the shoot day is over. Uh, <laughs> nobody wants to talk to you, right? Like you you, right. you go away. Like You come in, you say the things. Most of the people are there like working a day job. They don't give a shit about your dumb idea. Like they're going to come in and do, it, do their job professionally and it's going to be awesome every time. But they would do it for one direction director they do it for another director they do it for a third director it doesn't matter and you get to watch the film stuff happen it's basically like every time i'm on film set i'm i'm watching it like i was watching uh from star wars to jedi except every 15 seconds somebody comes up and asks me a question and i and i give an answer and all of a sudden from star wars to jedi changes slightly and they go do something else and uh it feels like a like a like a raw deal in some cases but it's also the most privileged and amazing experience to 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 have this as my job so i'm not trying to like shit on being a film director It, it is who i am uh without condition uh but it started sorry big long story it started when i was four and a half and i've never really wanted anything else i did spend 12 years as a data programmer uh just out of college because i had the dumb idea that i could like make a bunch of money during computers during like the 90s like programming boom and then i would like use that epic fortune to make movies Mm. that was dumb because i don't you guys remember but the the market crashed yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) that never (laughs) happened so i i screwed that up uh but then i you know I, i pitched a giant movie big movie about physics and it's like a horror physics movie with all this crazy stuff and nobody gave me any money so then i pitched a tiny 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 movie that took place in one little apartment and
0: finally got the money and we made motivational growth. that movie is what makes people who first of all can't act think that they can because (laughs) the way the way in just first of all you could tell adrian is a trained actor oh yeah just by the fact that it looks so effortless that's that is what makes people who have never acted a day in their life think they can act
1: Right, like oh yeah, that, that's just a, that's
0: just some guy talking.
1: Right, that's I didn't do that. That's not Adrian. That that is not who Adrian is. Right, I, I've known Adrian for more than a decade. I can promise you, up and down, Adrian has very little to do with Ian. Right,
0: <laughs> and then the fact that it all happened in the apartment—that is what makes people who know nothing about film think they can direct, because yeah. I noticed all the detail <laughs> yeah, Every... that was a
1: that, that thing you're, you're right that set was not that's not a, an apartment obviously that's a right. set. it's a set in a ten thousand square foot sound, stage. the bathroom set was was lifted four and a half feet off the ground so we could fit the puppeteering team underneath it um and we had to actually lift the hallway up and move it from the living room to the bathroom whenever ian entered the bathroom mm-hmm. uh, so that you could see ian enter from the hallway we, we didn't we had enough money to make a set but not enough money to make two hallways Right, uh, so of course. like uh, we had to like lift the set up and move the hallway over and, and pin it up four and a half feet off the ground. That is entirely film artifice. All of those walls are wild, which means they all move. There are several times where the camera is in a position where a wall should actually be. Right. Um. It is all like the magic of filmmaking, but I, I, I really appreciate you saying that because um, the goal was to make it feel like yeah this is a convincing room while doing stuff that you cannot possibly do in a room that size with a camera dolly and all this other stuff the camera lived on a crane most of the time. So the things on a crane on dolly, um, you know, it's at the end of a twelve foot jib arm attached to a uh, a dolly. With track that we're like moving around most of the time, like 80% of the movie, that's a Jib on Dolly camera setup. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of handheld shots and there are a couple of just a, like one or two stick shots. But most of it is we lived on effectively like a, a ghetto uh, techno crane. Um, mm-hmm. There were two, one of the, the guys who, who ran uh, the grip team, one of them was Ukrainian. And at some point, I remember one of the grips calling it the techno Ukrainian as opposed to the technical <laughs> thing. To like, That's this, good. like they, they it was like this because we, we had enough money to build one but not enough money to build a good one right so it was made out of aluminum and it's really hard to move and our DP had to, to jump through some giant hoops and make some some really cool uh like high tech maneuvers with stuff that should never have been able to do it. There are a couple of camera moves in there that were just a bear to try to get through. Uh but we did them. Um but yeah I, I I really appreciate you saying that because our, our, uh, production designer, Ray Deslich did a stellar job. She's like winning Emmys and stuff right now. She's incredible. Uh, but she, I had an idea and I drew it down and it was based on an apartment that I lived on in LA in the nineties once. And there's, there's a this whole thing. And I was like, do this. And she's like, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something that looks better than that. <laughs> I was like, that's exactly what I want you to do Do that. And, uh, that, that apartment is just – you can tell where everything is. You know what the hallway goes. You know where the kitchen is. You know, But none of it exists, right? It's, it's all right. a set. So I think that it's testament to uh, an incredible crew, an incredible – the artistry of an incredible crew. And then like you said with, with Adrian's performance, the artistry of an incredible actor that makes it feel like some guys just went into an apartment this one time
0: and shot a thing. Right.
1: Which we it's did exactly not exactly what it feels
0: like. Yeah. <laughs> Motivational growth had a ton of lines, a ton. Oh. I was like, I could never make it. I could never be an actor because I can't. <laughs> like, I don't know what. What? Wow. You know, it was funny, a ton of lines.
3: It's funny the the first, like the first twelve pages of that script is like a giant monologue. And um, I remember the, a bunch of people in the crew coming up to me, uh, in between setups and being like, I can't believe you know all of your lines. And I was like, but That's my job, right. <laughs> i feel like if i came up to you and said i can't believe you'll know how to operate that camera like,
2: yeah.
1: it's, you just got to know what you're supposed to say man that's all That's yeah. to... so, uh, yeah, there's, a, a there's, there's a run at the end that's like an eight page do- the, the the when the mold is going on and on and on about you know the man said unto himself blah 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 he's just this giant sort of push monologue at the end when ian's i don't want to give it away uh, spo- spoiler alert hold your ears for 36 <laughs> seconds if you have not seen the movie um when he turning it into a mold at the end and the and the mold is going on this big sort of tirade uh spoiler over that's an eight minute monologue or eight, eight page monologue that i wanted to be done in like a minute and a half uh, normally like uh a page relates to a minute right right um so it's like if you have 130 page script it's 130 minutes uh also don't if you're just starting filmmaking don't make 130 page script <laughs> no, you hear 89, that, pages. Carlos? 89 pages my guy 89 pages is the way to go um so yeah uh i remember jeff combs um who plays the mold who by the way is of course legend perfect right. the best experience ever um that guy he's been in everything like i'm mm-hmm. not going to give him anything new nothing nothing i do or say is going to surprise him. And he was at the time doing Transformers as as Ratchet, uh, so he oh. uh, one of the animated series, uh, and, and he came in just ready to rock. He he was old hat at vo, uh, and we, we 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 got a studio in LA, and we brought him in, and uh, he was gonna do two days for all the mold stuff, and this guy is is used to like tearing through it, but he got to that monologue, and he was like, how many fucking pages is this (laughs) and i'm like i think it's eight and i want to do it in like 90 seconds and he's like okay i'm gonna need a couple minutes and then to his credit what you hear in the movie that whole monologue he does it full on he just goes he he gets in bang 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 bang. we do it twice i think and uh you could tell you could tell he started it started to click that he started getting really into it and by the end uh we're all clapping it was holy shit it was the big moment he did it it was perfect nobody is surprised that jeff combs did something incredible obviously that was just expected but he it, it was surprised that my dumb writing made any kind of sense and uh, <laughs> we got to the end and he, he's happy he's giving us thumbs up and through the booth and he looks me dead in the eyes puts we, i can hear him through the, the the microphone and he goes i don't know what i just said but i think i did it <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> so you know the writing is a little we, we do we we worked really hard to make a character in the mold that um th- the language that the mold speaks is not actually like a functional english i'm i'm a i'm super into grammar in english and i like I, I love lingual studies and uh i'm a big nerd that way but the mold speaks in a, a pastiche language uh that does a lot of um Uh, grammatical skips and jumps and also includes a lot of made-up words or made-up phraseology that Mm -hmm. is not that doesn't exist but is meant to sound like something that could exist at the time that the mold is supposed to sound like he's from he's supposed to be the um you know like like the rebel without a cause guy imagine that guy's dad like the the Mm -hmm. drunk old white guy in the the 40s and 50s like you know talking about how like a woman doesn't deserve a blah 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 and this this very like <laughs> bigoted aggressive bad dude like not a good yeah. guy but i imagined ian didn't have like a if you if you if if you pay attention to the front you find out that uh he he, he is he has a, a close attachment to the male um uh relatives in his life but he's lost all of them none right. of them have been, have been around to guide him and i think the mold is taking this this He's taking a toxic male position in Ian's life. He's taking the the authority – he's becoming the authority figure in the way that he has seen work inappropriately but totally work over the course of human history, which is this like aggressive, beat-you-down, gaslight-you garbage position. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to explore that, but I didn't want it to sound like I was doing Archie Bunker or we were doing some kind of – Thing that you could put your hand on i wanted you to kind of get the sense of it but I, I wasn't trying to make a political statement or a social statement or anything i was just saying this is that trope right this right. is that guy but i also wanted it you're going to be watching a, a puppet talk a bunch so <laughs> I, it has to sound interesting whatever he's saying needs to be super interesting so i wrote out exactly what he was trying to say and then i spent you know gobs of time refactoring that into a language that doesn't naturally exist and sounds compelling and interesting and makes you go, what, what does that mean? And it's, a lot of the phrases are like twists or evolutions of like phrases from the forties, fifties, and sixties. And then some of them are completely made up out of left field. That sound very much like they work. Nobody mm-hmm. challenges me. They're all just like, yeah, he's doing all this slang. I'm like, yeah, I made up 80% of that slang, but it's cool that you feel it. Cause that was the whole point. Right. Right. That you can get it. It's like, you know, in film, film noir, they would like throw these phrases together don't make any sense like they make sense if you like work them out mathematically like sure a bee can have knees and those knees can bend backwards and but like none of that nobody says it nobody in real life goes up to somebody hey (laughs) like you know i was i was checking out your heavy and wondering if you came lit or like none of that makes (laughs) sense like it's a it's true uh and I think that that's, that's a, one of the powers of film is it lets you high, heighten reality a little bit. And we all can kind of like have a communal experience. I find that um, you go to a party or like a bar or something. Most people listen to the loudest person in the room. And in a film, you already have somebody's attention. So the the gag is to make the person talking, if, if you want somebody to pay attention to what that person is saying, make it the most interesting stuff. Make it the most creatively loud thing. And that person will, like, hyper-focus. And I wanted everybody to be enraptured with the mold like Ian was. And not everybody's going to relate to having a toxic dad figure. By the way, I don't have a toxic dad figure in that I don't have a dad figure at all. I've never really had one. So uh, I'm not trying to, like, this is not – I'm not trying to, like, work out my own demons or something. I just – I love this trope of a character who's – Who needs support and it's given to him by effectively the devil right it's given to him by the only person who who will give him the time of day and that person takes advantage of him and that's what happens in the movie and i think that the idea was to present a character that has like all of the trappings of a compelling character but when you get down to it is is a piece of trash Uh, literally like legitimately a piece of trash i loved the idea i've always been enraptured by the idea of uh the devil or the what whatever the the bad force is i don't uh subscribe specifically to any kind of specific religious uh, acclamation or anything uh i i just i love the idea that whomever w- when you see the bad guy is you know this giant beast with like wings and flames and whatever that's fun for like 8 minutes but it's not compelling i right. like it when you find out the bad guy was the best friend the bad i like I like Paul Reiser in Aliens, right? That mm-hmm. guy, he's gonna help mm-hmm. Ripley. He's gonna get her a job. He's gonna... Do that. No, he's not. He's gonna feed her to an alien. Like that kind of compelling character where you're into the guy or the character or the the, the lady or the whatever it ends up being, and it, or the fungus, right? Uh, and and it you think there there might be something there. I'm always I've always been enrapt, or enraptured by the idea that uh, evil can dress itself. Like good seems to just like be on the front. Good shows up. Hey, I'm good but evil right. can be like, Hey, I'm good. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm good too. I'm awesome. I'm actually better than mm-hmm. good. And you can hang out with me and then eventually mm-hmm. I will like suck you dry. I love that feeling. And I think the mold try to, tries to capture that.
0: Uh, what was your inspiration for the script? Um, so I had a, I have a book.
1: Um, I said I had initially because it's turned into a series of documents, like uh, like digital documents, but back in the nineties, I had a book i would write all this these ideas and little little one-off ideas you know i see somebody says something silly and i'm like i'm at the movie theater and i hear some kids behind me and one of them says a phrase that i find is interesting i write it down i, I just have this giant pile of ideas and i like i said i was pitching this physics movie which we're mm-hmm. still pitching by the way nobody wants it one day we'll make it and you'll look back, we'll look at this podcast and you're like they made that movie holy shit. <laughs> but we're trying to make this this, this physics horror movie and it's, it's a really out there premise, and it's the kind of thing that people have to trust that you can make a movie before, you, before they give you money to make it. Sure. I'm talking about, like, inverting the universe. I'm like, they're, they're in a, uh, an area that's constantly getting smaller, and at the center is a black hole that's actually an inverted black hole and uh, crazy shit. And, you know, you pitch this movie to somebody, and they're like, I don't know what the fuck you're saying, man. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> do you have credits? What have you done? Uh, right. So uh, I, I, I was pitching that movie, and nobody wanted it at all uh and we we'd we'd at the time i would say we because uh the production company that i had uh, we were all kind of pitching the movie and uh we had a couple of bites and a couple of people we had a, a thing where we took a bunch of businessmen and we sat them down and we, we sold them a, a t-shirt company uh and then at the end of the pitch we revealed that it wasn't a t-shirt company at all it was a film uh that we're trying to make but the investment was the same and the unit price was the same and everything else was the same and most of the time they were like why the fuck did you waste my time but two of them were like hey man that was compelling what you did that was really cool and one of them gave us money uh not the whole money but but some money and that guy got paid back uh, within the first year of that film's release which is pretty cool that person still invests in our company which is pretty cool but that said uh, we 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 also did the friends and family thing we got some money from family we got some money from friends and uh what we could raise was not make the physics movie so mm. we were very much at a uh, at a point where it was like what can we make? And so I opened up that book and I was like, what can I build like you know when you're a kid you get you you get the Lego castle set mm-hmm. you get the Lego spaceman set you get the, the the Lego pirate set and then you play them you build the, the the things that are in the book and you're like that's cool and then you take it all apart and put it in a box and now, now all the Legos are mixed up
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I, and you dump it out and you're like, what am I gonna make today I basically was equipped with as many Legos as were in that book with the goal that was like, make, make something small, make something that goes deep, but not big. Right. Right. Uh, Make something that goes, that's weird and watchable or rewatchable. So my, my, I I stripped out all of the ideas of like, is it going to be fantastic? Are we going to have giant effects everywhere is it going to be this huge movie going experience remember i'm a kid of the 80s so all my favorite movies are you know robocop and all these giant movies that are like huge things going everywhere indiana jones like i can't make that that's not going to happen not with the budget we we, we can feasibly get so what i can do is instead get a little off kilter and go go heavy right so the idea of motivation will people like it's a movie that's weird for weird's sake and you know you're not wrong uh, it is. It's not weird. <laughs> Randomly, it's not random, right? Uh, but I, I had, I could choose. Like I couldn't afford an explosion. I could. What I could afford was, was the apartment and the character and the puppet and some character actors and uh, a story that that had to be compelling on its own and had to, to address questions. A lot of people ask, like, where the what the crazy idea for the story is, but it's not a crazy idea. If you, if you break the story down, it is, it is a story you've seen a thousand times. It's a very, very basic story. It's Ambrose Bierce did it. It was on an episode of the twilight zone. Like it's a, it's a basic story. Um, it's just adding the weird rigging to it. That made it compelling and interesting that, and, and made it, I think potentially, if you like it the first time it's rewatchable. If you didn't like it the first time, I get it. I mean, it's not everybody's movie. I watched uh, it
0: three times. It is me, potentially me. brilliant.
1: There you go. Potentially brilliant. I like it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what it's for. The idea is, I wanted you to, to, if you paid $10 or no dollars, $8, or you torrented it, whatever whatever effort you put into getting the movie, I wanted that effort to pay off for you. I wanted you to say, I didn't get it. I wanna watch it again. Or I love it, I wanna watch it again. Or like, I gotta show my friend so my friend can shit all over it. Or like, I gotta show my friends so like <laughs> it forever. Like, I wanted you to get more value out of it than. Look, dude, I am the giant, I am the, again, child of the 80s, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, holy shit, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, those are the best. Yes. Transformers, oh my god, the best. Uh, all this cool stuff. You go to a Michael Bay movie and you watch Transformers 97, the darker the exploding Saturn or whatever, and it's like, it's cool when you're there. I'm not trying to shit on Michael Bay. The guy can make a movie. But it's not, they're not my movies, right? I, I get in there and I watch it and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of noises. There's yeah. a lot of, like, running. Oh god, the, the, the <laughs> building so <laughs> fell over. That's great. And then I leave and I don't, I don't remember the title of these movies. I don't remember what happened in these movies True. and I'm not compelled to go back and watch them again. I'll watch, I'll watch uh time code or, or, you know, uh, um, whatever. jetee i I'll watch Jetée 95 times, man. I'll watch mm-hmm. 90, la a thousand times. I'll watch the, the, the wages of fear. I'll watch that movie three times a year. I'll, I will not watch the second Transformers movie. I don't, I'll never watch it again because it it did everything it needed to do. It got butts and seats on the day. I was there opening weekend. I paid the money. Michael Bay got the house. It's fine. And, uh, but what it didn't do is give me some something compelling to to uh, deconstruct. There is a movie. Uh, I can talk negatively about this movie now because this guy's super famous and he made Mandy. So who gives a shit? He's better than everybody. <laughs> uh, but um, Beyond the Black Rainbow is a movie. You see Beyond the Black Rainbow, I'm sure, right? You guys see that movie?
2: Yeah,
1: God, go see it. Well, okay, I fucking hate that movie. Um, <laughs> the truth about Beyond the Black. I hated is, well, it too, man. <laughs> here's the thing: the, the thing about Beyond, Black, Beyond the Black Rainbow is if you if you mm-hmm. pause that movie at any time. I want to watch that movie. What the fuck is that? Look at that. I want yeah. to watch that movie. Holy yeah. shit, that's the best image I've ever seen in a movie. I want to watch that movie forever. Any scene, any second of that movie, any frame, freeze it. Fuck, I want to see what the hell's going on. But the second that frame is buttressed by 35 frames before it and 85 frames after it, I do not, I'm checked out. I do not <laughs> give a shit yeah. about those people. I don't care about Barry and his dumb eyelashes. I don't care about any of that. <laughs> uh, but here's the trick it's a good movie, man. I just don't like it. Uh, yeah. and I'll watch it. I've watched that movie a hundred times because even though I don't personally like the thing, look, dude, I don't like avocados. But when my wife gets avocado toast or whatever, it looks good. It looks like holy shit, they made a thing. <laughs> they did. It, looks like, it looks like a piece of art, but I'm not gonna eat it. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> it. It's gonna taste <laughs> gross if I eat it. So if I watch this movie, by the way, Mandy was incredible. The cage is awesome. The whole thing, blah blah blah. We all know this guy's great. I'm not trying to shit on his movies, but this one movie. It's a, it's a film that I want to watch 75 more times because there's a lot in there. There's a lot to learn. There are visual stuff in there. There's tonal stuff. You listen to the soundtrack. I'll, the soundtrack's on my Spotify favorites list. Like, holy shit. Everything, every element of this movie is incredible. Just the movie sucks. To me, at least. <laughs> Which is fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it is fascinating. It's, it's beautiful. And that, to me, that is, that is cinematic art. <clears throat> That's what we're trying to do. Be compelling. Get out there. Why is it that I'm thinking about Beyond the Black Rainbow still? right the guy yeah, exactly i succeeded exactly. right if you if you want to go on a 75 page rant about motivational growth fucking yeah dude i love it you want to tell me on page 76 how it's the worst movie ever made awesome you spent 75 pages getting there <laughs> hey, <holy shit. laughs> we did it we succeeded like the whole point is to make you think and talk and love movies you don't have to love my movie Right. If, if you watch motivational growth and it is the thing you hate about movies, it is the thing that makes you like other movies better Then great job done success. Holy shit. We did it like, that's the point. The point is to make a piece of art, not to make a a product that, that satisfies everyone. My goal is to satisfy as many people as possible. Obviously I'm a storyteller All my stories told, but I would, I'm also an artist in this environment. I'm throwing paint against a canvas. You might look at the circle in the eight foot white canvas with a red circle in the, in the upper right corner, you might think that's garbage. Somebody else want, might, might want to spend $13 million on it. Those are things that like, that's a known quantity of, of, of the the human experience, right? We don't all see art exper- experientially the same. Right. And I think that for motivational growth, as long as you, you had a, a reaction, then I win. Like, that's the point. We did it. We succeeded. If you watched it and were ambivalent, if you left, left the movie and, you uh didn't you didn't think about it ever again Mm if it was transformers 2 to you and by the way transformers 2 at the time was the highest grossing film of all time so i'm not gonna again i'm my dumb opinion is meaningless compared to michael bay's like perfect career but but I don't know what happened. I don't even know which of those movies is Transformers 2. If I was nine, I might have a different opinion. But I wasn't nine when it came out, so <laughs> uh, I, I will I will think about Beyond the Black Rainbow, a movie that I detest more than I think about Transformers 2. Right? There's a movie that the, the the sequel to The Wicker Man, um, The Wicker Tree came out. It's all on DV. It's like art. It's garbage. It's a it's it's horrible. And I'm not talking about the remake of The Wicker Man. I'm talking about the original. 1970s wicker man there's a sequel to it where the the director was like 90 and i don't Mm -hmm. know I, i i made up a scenario this is not real but i made up a scenario in which somebody's cousin's brother was like hey bro isn't your your cousin's dad the guy who made the wicker man can i try to convince him to make a sequel and i'll i'll be in it or something it was so bad it felt like the worst indie movie ever and i i felt really let down because i think the wicker man's a great movie but i watched the movie and i was just hurt i was like wow this is the worst and i think about that movie way more than i think about transformers too uh and to to, to go back on the michael bay thing i think about the island a thousand more times i think about um uh what's the one with with mark walberg where he's, he's a the the drug pain killing... and gain pain again. i think about pain again a thousand times that's a good movie that's a good movie. Yep. It's, I mean, sorry, in the pantheon of Michael Bay movies. That's a great movie. Holy shit, acting <laughs> and stuff, they like
2: talk.
1: <laughs> Only a few things explode a lot. Um, But I, again, I'm not trying to shit on Michael Bay. There's no no point in doing that. It, as seen from, from the orbit of Earth, uh, aliens look at Earth and say Michael Bay is the greatest filmmaker of all time because – of what he's made and how like China loves Michael Bay and China represents a full half of the human populace. So like, I guess, I guess Michael Bay is the best filmmaker uh, on the planet. Um, but that's, that said, I I think that if the movie can compel and I don't care what it's compelling, then it's succeeded. Right. And I think there are filmmakers who do this on purpose. There are filmmakers who only want to make movies that make you angry in. bother you or hurt you or like make you uncomfortable especially remember mid late 90s with the torture porn movies and yes. uh just uh, even john waters it was like you know like yeah, he wanted to make yeah. movies that disgusted you so you felt something when you're watching them you know and i think or that gaspar no yeah gaspar no is a great example yeah. I, I think that uh art should compel it, it and, and it, it's it's on me to try to make it a thing but if I, it's not on me to, di- to 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 dictate what it compels Right, I just want you to feel something. Get sit down, watch the movie, and fall in love. Love Ian. There, do you, I, go to our Instagram, go to my personal Instagram or or, or Imago's Instagram, and you'll see there is there is a couple who have matching the mold tattoos. Nice. <laughs> that same couple has taught their child to like crochet little molds. <laughs> like we. That's funny. Adrian and I, and the entire crew of motivational growth have gotten somebody a tattoo. <laughs> like they went out and inked <laughs> their body forever. For their, so, so that person fell in love with the movie, right? But I've also read reviews where like they wanna, they want, they want me strung up. They want to put me on a, they want to hang me from a bridge, man. They want to get me shot to death. Like they hate the movie. It's the worst movie ever made. It's pretentious and gross and blah blah blah. blah. And that all makes sense. That's good. If you if you're gonna write an article about my dumb movie, you saw my movie. I win. Yeah, like, we right. We exactly. succeeded. All right, I ranted again, guys. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Without the rants, we wouldn't have a podcast. We need the rants.
4: <laughs> to the point about the blockbuster versus something that uh, makes you think it's like i think a lot of that has to do with age too though right like because you mentioned it as well like you're not nine when transformers mm-hmm. came out so it, like it hits, yeah. it hits you different so it's yeah. like because i know that movies that i watched when i was nine that i'm still completely obsessed with that i've watched a million times and made these complex backstories for them and filled in all the blanks that they didn't do it's when I go back and watch them, it's like, well, I mean, those weren't all really that great either. Like they would have been the equivalent of a Transformers today. Yeah. But my nine-year-old brain seeing it is just so blown away by the visuals. Yeah. Which which a kid watching Transformers Today would be blown away by the visuals that they do all the work themselves to fill yeah. in the gaps. And it yeah. and it opens up like their imagination and shit. Right. So
1: totally. When I was a kid, um, I thought Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 was better than the first one because <laughs> it, had, it had toka and razar and vanilla super shredder man was in it <laughs> super shredder was in it there's nothing cooler in the world than super shredder now you all laughed when i said that because obviously <laughs> the first one is like a fucking incredible feature film and the second one's kind of a joke uh but when you're nine the second one's way better like it's got all the you're you're filling in all the depth, right? you you came off of the first one and you 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 know the relationship between these turtles, even though that relationship doesn't really exist in the second one anymore. Um kind of put it all together. I, I wanna I wanna give you the antigen version of that, the opposite version of that. When I was a kid, I remember my my mom talking about this movie True Grit. 1969's true mm-hmm. grit. John Wayne, you know he's in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh Kim Darby. Oh, God, Kim Darby. I I still have a crush on Kim Darby. (laughs) Um, Kim Darby's in that movie. Uh, You guys remember her from uh, Savage Steve's uh, Better Off Dead. She plays Mom in Better Off Dead. (laughs) Anyway, uh, by the way, Better Off Dead's like my second favorite movie of all time. So, like, Kim Darby can do no wrong. Uh, I remember sitting down to watch that movie and just, what the fuck is this? This petulant little lady arguing all the time. Dumb, fat John Wayne. (laughs) fucking hobbling his way through this stupid story i don't get it i don't like it where's super shredder right when i was a kid where's, <laughs> where's robocop 3 like where's the dead robocop like i don't get it uh i i just hated it and then in 2010 the Cohen brothers did a remake and i skipped it because all i had this like bad taste from when i was a little kid about watching kim darby swim with a horse like, i don't give a shit and then uh i i started making movies like for real and I was like, I wanted. I was doing a Western project, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta watch all the old Westerns. And of course, I love all the John Wayne shit because that's great for kids. John Wayne is great for not John Wayne, sorry. Um, what's his name? Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood's good for kids. Because Clint Eastwood look, he looks like a cartoon, right? And he just shoots people to death. That's all he does is walk around and go. <laughs> He's basically Judge Tred- Dread in a, like a ten gallon hat. Uh, so John uh, John Wayne movies though didn't make any sense. Like, hey. Uh, get- <laughs> I don't get that guy. It never made sense. I'm not from the 70s or the 60s or 70s. So I ended up watching True Grit in this like run and like, holy fuck, that movie is one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> 1969 True Grit from a cinematic standpoint, from an acting standpoint, from stunts from everything. John Wayne is not – he's playing a character who's washed up, fat, old, and stupid. That's why I thought he was washed up, fat, old, and stupid when I was a kid because he played it <laughs> yeah He yeah, yeah. got an Academy <laughs> yeah, yeah. Award for it. Of course he was. And it's just it was such a such a layered fucking movie, and I remember thinking, dude, that's lost on a kid. A kid is not going to get this. Right. And uh, it just shows uh, the the big the vast divide between like audience capability, and I think there's a, a failure in today's cinema. Because that movie, True Grit, was very successful, made a lot of money, got a bunch of Oscars. Even the 2010 one was nominated for like 10 Oscars. Those movies are not for kids. They're not for kids, right? There's not a PG 13 version of that movie. And I think I think today's desire, Adrian and I talk all, all the time, because we're we're in the, the movie making business. Uh Hollywood does not make movies. People think, where do do they make movies? Hollywood. No, they don't. They make movies in Georgia and Detroit and and wherever else. Vancouver. Hollywood makes money. They're a money generating uh, object. The artifice is to make money. They do not care about your dumb idea. They'll sit there (laughs) and they'll read it. It's a a business run by people who primarily don't give a shit. They can't read a a long form Instagram post. They're not going to read your dumb script. They don't Mm -hmm. care. They want the thing that's going to make the money, and th- I'm not, I'm not begrudging them. By the way, that money pays for movies, right? Like we need that pillar. I, I might have, have the wrong opinion or the, the, the un, un, uh, unpopular opinion in saying so, but we need the Hollywood money-making machine so I can get money to make a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's that fight needs to be there. You need to fight for art. You can't. The look, you're gonna do better with cobalt blue, actual cobalt blue paint than you are with some shit that you mixed up in your bedroom, like. You're, the, the expensive paint is better. Sorry, it's the truth. Picasso knew it. Everybody knows. Expensive paint is people. There was, you know, I'm sorry to go on a rant about paint, but like, this is, this is, this is <laughs> like painting. They love painting. They're like, oh, painting is true art. Film is is like just this business. Not nah, painting is a business too. A better canvas makes a better painting. Fuck you. It's true. Sorry, it's true. A clean canvas that can hold paint better is going to look better. The paint, the sure. painting is going to look better. Yes, there are there are the the magical lightning in a bottle. Uh, prodigy guys who could do like you know a, a big pen on paper makes the best thing. I've seen that. We have all seen it. But for the most for the most part, the the better your tools, the the more time you have. You're not if you're not working 80 hours a week to pay the rent and have time to paint, you're gonna be able to paint better, right? Like money drives successful uh professional art. So I'm not shitting on the the film industry, but. Uh, today, the the, the money making machine has found an angle, which is get it in front of as many eyes as is humanly possible, regardless of its content, uh, and that that volume drives the dollar right now. And right. the problem with that is nobody's gonna nobody's gonna buy motivational growth. We we lucked out. We've had three successful distributors. Uh, We were the first narrative feature film on the steam digital distribution platform, which is pretty awesome. Uh, We have a really cool support system in Canada with IndyCAN Entertainment, and um, we have indie rights right now pushing us uh, worldwide outside of Canada. Mm -hmm. And they're very supportive, and we're lucky to have them. But we're, again, we're lucky to have them. Uh, Nobody else wants that movie. Not because it's a bad movie or a good movie or whatever, it's because that movie you can't you can't put that you can't put a five year old in front of it. You can't put a five year old on an iPad in front of it, streaming it. It's not going to make sense. A uh, seventy five year old person might not like that movie. It has a if you're a horror fan, you, you like Jeff Combs, you like fantasy movies, you like crazy eighty shit, you might like motivational growth. But that's a that's a smaller pool than everyone, and they're trying to get everyone for everything they want every movie to be pg PG pg-13 they want everything to be unless unless you're quentin tarantino and you got a big name and they're still pushing on that guy to make pg-13 movies like it's it's not about the art it's never been about the art you know what i mean and i think that uh i think that if you look back at the 70s and 80s you have movies that that span the gamut and i think what what production companies and distributors were doing was they would get five movies for kids, five movies for young adults, five movies for, you know, uh angsty teenagers through immature adults, and then like five old people <laughs> biopics about, I don't know, John Kennedy or something. And they would release, you know, really really those throughout the year and they would make their money across across the slate. But nobody wants a slate anymore. Nobody's gonna make a 45 million dollar movie right now unless ten famous people are in it and they can go to the largest possible uh Uh, audience and that's not a knock i mean these people are trying to make money and people are still making successful movies you have uh awesome uh blumhouse movies are coming out 824 is fucking murdering it like they're still making it It, it, there's still an angle but for for the little guy it's become a harder harder place to make movies uh, only because i want i don't want to tell the movie the story that you're going to get when you're eight uh or i want to tell the story that you're not going to get if you're older than eight I want to tell the story that is is weird and out there or new or interesting or compelling or deep or like over sexualized or over emotional or over something for me uh that weird turn in the 90s where we decided that movies were basically about like how depressing your life is forever uh that like depression porn stuff the the crash and the traffic and all these movies uh they're wonderfully made movies i'm everybody in them is Genius actors and stuff. I'm not gonna shit on those people. And you know, I just pointed out traffic. That movie is one of the most star studded movies ever. I'm not gonna shit on the movie as a as a like a technical masterpiece, but I am gonna point out that I don't care. I don't care in crash that Sandra Bullock was slightly racist, and then she fell on the stairs and became unracist. That's not that's not what movies are for me. For me, Logan's Run is a fucking movie. You wanna make a social commentary? Let's do Logan's Run instead. Let's do Planet of the Apes, let's do anything let's <laughs> do fucking robocop there's a cool social commentary about corporate america and greed and and the, the commercialization of the military uh you can you can make those statements uh, in in a rod serling way not in a uh everybody's depressed drinking coffee smoking cigarettes and crying way i don't like right. magnolia because like i don't i we all have those issues and i understand exploring the like the meaninglessness of being a person and the depression of having social relationships and blah. blah, blah. that's fine. And there are other filmmakers who are going to do it, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'm trying to make a movie where like if two people are having a, a in-depth argument about their relationship, one of them is a fucking robot.
0: This is the number one place for Maccabish cults, classics, and horrors for synopsis, reviews, and news. Go to macabish.com. Thank you for listening. Signing out until the next one like that's that's what
1: it needs to be right uh aliens have to be involved (laughs) because (laughs) to me when i was a kid going to the movies was a way to get out i did not i didn't have a terrible childhood by any stretch i'm not trying to be like that guy who's like everything was the worst it was quite great uh my mom took great care of me i did not know uh for instance that we were not rich people (laughs) we were we were living in detroit when i was like super young uh, we, move, we moved away from there when I was uh, 10 or 11 and it was, it, was, it got better. But when I was a little tiny baby, we were not in the greatest situation. That does not mean that it was the worst and everything was the worst. It wasn't, but it wasn't the best either. And I had no idea. I had no idea 98% because my mom did a great job of keeping everything together and making everything cool. But the other 2% was because anytime I wasn't like going to school or eating a cool, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I was watching movies and TV. And you don't. it doesn't matter if you're watching movies and TV. Everything's great. The whole world's great. Everything's cool. The Shredder's coming.
2: <laughs>
1: Kane, Kane is in a robot body now. Holy shit. Like <laughs> I, Predator, what is it? He's in town with a few days to kill. It's Predator 2, everybody. <laughs> King Williams in the alley. It's going to be the best. I, I just, to me, movies are a place where you go. They're not a, a thing that you do or, or, or a, a piece of art that you watch. They're a place you go. A place yes. you go to get away. The Maltese Falcon is a world unlike any world that's ever existed, and it will never exist again. You go to the Maltese Falcon. I'm gonna go on vacation to the Maltese Falcon today. I'm gonna to go on vacation to Time Code. I'm watching Time Code the 985th time today. Let's watch it again. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I'm
0: going yeah, you to know I'm gonna go one of those characters.
1: Go ahead.
3: I never I never put put a lot of thought into to why I love movies. I just do. And it's it's the experience. Don Don and I often we we'll refer to a uh, movie theater as our church.
4: Yeah. Um Just, nice.
3: And you know, after after the, the pandemic and having to be away from it uh, for so long and then like now it's like, don't want to go back. And then anytime I do, I sit in that seat in the theater. We always sit in the same seat in the same spot. You got to pick your spot for movie watching. You sit there and the lights go down and the movie starts. You're like, yes, I do want to be here. This is the thing. It's just, it, it, it just hit me, grabbed me. And never let me go. And I just love movies because I love movies. That's that's my thing. That was my rant. I did a rant,
0: Don. Isn't that fun? <laughs>
1: your, your rant was one eight hundredth the size of my rant. And it was only one of
0: them. <laughs> How did y'all meet? Was it on the movie or were you friends before?
3: We met go? we met when I auditioned for motivational growth.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, okay.
3: And it was uh it was fun. Um I I had I had made the decision that I was gonna quit acting because in in Chicago, you can perform every night of the year and still have to have a full-time job and maybe a part-time job on the side like mm-hmm. it's a lot of opportunity and not a lot of money. so yeah. I was I was doing a lot and I was getting tired and I had three jobs uh, and I was offered a job selling supplemental life insurance. And I was like I think I want to do it I, I think I think I can quit acting now and just and just be this guy um and and then I got the sides for motivational growth and and the invitation to audition and I read them. And it was a scene between Ian and the mold, and it was uh, the the toilet monologue. Mm. Where he's on the toilet comparing <laughs> life to shit, and uh, right. I was like, "Well, I gotta go, right? Like, I got I gotta go at least meet these people." And uh, and the, the more the more of the script I got to see, because I had I I had a bunch of callbacks, mm. um, and the more I got to see, the more I was like, "Well, even if I don't get this part, I'm I'm." I'm going to watch this movie. This, this is like, it's like, it was tailor-made for me. Like, I was like sucked oh, yeah. in by the material. Um, but at that first audition, uh, Don was like, um, what do you want to do first? The, the the monologue or the scene? I was like, you know what? I hate monologues. Let's do the monologue first. Get it out of the way. Cause I, this was the least nervous I'd ever been in an audition because I already made up my mind to quit. So I just went in to have a good time.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: uh, I was like, I'll do the monologue. And he said, all right, you can grab a chair that can be your, your toilet. And I said, do you want me to drop my pants? And, oh. and he, he looked over at his producer and back at me and he goes, no, no, that's fine. You don't just, it, it's okay. So we, we do the thing. Then we do the scene. And then uh, it felt great. I had a good time. I went home and I got a call back and I got another callback, and another callback. back. <laughs> he kept bringing me in. Um, and twice he had somebody else read for Ian. Um, and I read the mold, but the, 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 uh, the one of those guys was really good. He was more of a theater actor, but he was incredible. And I was like, oh, man. And we're going through this whole process. And at one point, I was on the phone with Don, and I said, when do you, when do you think you're going to make a decision on this thing? Uh, and he said, oh, I cast you when you asked me if, if I wanted you to drop your pants. Uh, I, just, I, just, I didn't tell you because I wanted you to bring it for all the callbacks because I want other people to, like, match your energy. I was like, oh, okay. And that was... That was the story of how I got cast and met my best
1: friend Dom.
0: What's the next project? <clears throat> Ooh, okay. Uh, we're currently
1: working on performance capture for a series of projects that we're not really allowed to talk about. Oh, okay. um, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that one of them has been announced. You probably heard about it. Um, it's it's in the game space. It's
0: mm-hmm. not a game.
1: It's a piece of media. It's a new new style piece of media in the game space. And another one's going to be announced, I think, in June oh okay uh, we're doing a total of three of these so we're, we're doing performance capture for that uh adrian and i uh and ailey our other company owner amigo's company owner uh and i'm also the cinematic director for one of those uh, but again not announced so i can't really talk too much about it um we're currently pitching a couple movies we have got meetings and stuff all set up we are dovetailing some of the previous work that we've done into uh to some cool potentials. I, this sucks. You ask me what we're doing, I can't tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Of, what can I say? What can I say? I <laughs> can't say anything. Um, we 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 obviously are responsible for the um, the last six years of Devolver Digital's uh, yearly E3 press conference things. So you should check, go check those things out if you want to see kind of what we do mm-hmm. uh, in the game space. We uh, to keep the doors open, we do live action and in game media for for game stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> I kind of fell into that after motivational growth because motivational growth has some video gaming stuff and lots of people like the video gaming kind of angle. And I remember some company coming to me and saying, Hey, can you do a live action commercial for us? I'm like, yeah, man, I spent all my money on a movie and I'm broke. So yes, I will definitely <laughs> do your commercial. Uh, so we did it. And then it, it like got all this news. Cause I didn't, you know, I didn't know how to make a commercial. I didn't know how to make a movie. So I made a little tiny movie. And uh, then we kind of fell into a space where that's what we do is make these little movies. Uh, we don't make traditional, like two guys on a couch playing a game like, sunday 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 let's play a game we don't do that we make we take the, the world of the game and we like build it out we've done like i said live action in-game stuff uh we did the the the, the video series that went along with the soma release for the game soma uh adrian's in that that's great cool. yes. uh but we did uh, so we do a lot of live action uh game related stuff but that's not all we do it, it's just the thing that keeps the lights on um we are a feature film company, uh, so we are definitely trying to get these features off. But like I said, we're in we're in, we're in a pitch cycle for a couple of features that, if anything comes out, I'll ping you we'll be like, let's talk Shit. about it. Nice. Uh, if anything, like if, any- if we can talk about anything. But you've heard of the performance capture stuff we're doing. We just can't tell you what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know you've heard of it because you know I saw the announcement happen. Everybody's like, oh my god. Mm, whatever.
4: Oh, so,
1: awesome. Yeah, we're doing that, and that's pretty cool. Uh, Adrian's. Not only a, a associate producer on uh, those projects, but he's also a voice, yeah, like an actor, and he does both body capture and voice capture. I'm one of the voices, that's cool. but that's because I know the director. So <laughs> <laughs> nepotism.
0: Well, <laughs> Carlos is a brand new filmmaker. You have oh. any advice for him? Yes. You want to hear my advice first? Yes, please. And I'm sure you've advice too.
1: You're you're a filmmaker as in like a what a writer director? Yeah. When you woke up this morning, what's the first thing you thought about?
4: Movies. <laughs>
1: okay. Does it hurt when you're not Same. making a movie, does it hurt when you're not making a movie? You feel it?
4: Yeah, actually kind of, yeah.
1: Okay, cuz there's there's uh there's there's 100,000 other Carloses whose parents own studios. There's 100,000 yeah. other Carloses who are 23 and not 40. Uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're 40. That's hard. Uh, there's 100,000 other Carloses whose parents are rich. There's 100,000 other Carloses who started out as actors and have a name made for themselves. Uh, it is it is the worst decision. The worst decision. When somebody says, I told my parents I was going to become an actor. And they were like, that's going to be the worst decision. Uh, and it was. Um. <laughs> the thing about an actor is you can go do stand-up. You can go do fucking, mm. you can figure something out. You can put yourself somewhere. You can go work at a country club. You can, there's your talent can be used elsewhere. My talent is garbage anywhere, but writing directing, right? I can't go to an accounting firm and be like, I can direct. Like that's not going to go anywhere. It's, it's the worst. And I, I, for the last 12 years, it's all I've done. So I am, I am useless. If the, if the e- EMP happens, right? The aliens show up. If, the, if, if Russia launches the whatever, I'm fucked. The guy who can make fire is going to get a job. The guy who can account for things is going to get a job. The dude who can make a, an engine, like he can work on an internal combustion engine. That guy has a job. Me, what do I do? I point at stuff and I say, I think <laughs> <laughs> I want the frame to be weighted this way. That's not going to work. Um, it, it is not good. It's not a good job. It is a hard job. Go on, go on Mandy. You know Mandy.com or like production job. These like go go to Mandy and look for film director job. Go go do that. See what happens.
2: (laughs) You're gonna get nothing. You know why? Because everybody
1: wants the director job. There's it is not a public job. You can't apply for it. You don't there is no there there's a union, but that union requires you to pay them a bunch of money and the only way in is that they like have a dinner with you. They know you already. You're already successful. They're not going to help you. They're going to you're going to join a Kabbalistic club of geniuses, which by the way, I would love to join. I'm not trying to shit on these guys, but um I, it's it's the worst. Uh it, there's there's something along with um the need to do it uh that I I think that if it doesn't drive you every second, if you don't feel like I'm sorry to say this. This is my own opinion, by the way. I'm sure everybody who's accidentally made it or everybody who's, who doesn't want to be a film director and doesn't care but wants to listen to the podcast and judge what I'm saying, you, you don't have the same experience. So we're going we're gonna to talk from different experience levels here, but uh, uh, it, it's the worst thing, I think, about being alive, uh, having the, the need to do this and having it be the most unapproachable thing um it's it's unrequited love every second. It, every day. it's depression, it's sadness, it's hurt, it's heartache, it's pain, it's financial instability times a thousand It's living under I, I lived under a bench for a minute in, in Santa Monica when I first came here in the 90s uh, I've 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 had to go late on rent I've had my car repoed I've had all this stuff I've also, you know made a bunch of money i've done i got a, i've done a gig that that paid for a whole year i it's so unreal it's so unsafe and unfair and un unrelentingly atrocious the only reason i pursue it is because i can do it i can do nothing else i can't imagine a world in which i want anything more than the end result of doing it on the day you're not presented with Unless you've got the money, man, unless you're one of the royalty and somebody knighted you Prince Carlos the Filmmaker, <laughs> you're not going go to fucking go to work and have everybody show up on time. Everybody has – the budget is going to cover everything. Every shot is going to be a one take. Every uh, blood explosion is going to work. Every fire is going to be not dangerous. Every – uh, uh, Deadpool is is gonna not hurt somebody's back. Every every piece of airline uh, cable is not gonna cost two thousand dollars. Like you're th- that doesn't exist. Not 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 unless you've you've been given even like you know Back to the Future had to like cut halfway through the making the movie and then do twenty four hour days for sixteen days in a row. Like this is not good. It sucks. Your job is to go there and deal with the problems that that you couldn't have imagined the night before. To deal with the fact that the guy who auditioned and was perfect and was the best guy for the job and rehearsed well came in drunk because his wife left him two days earlier. So now you got to deal with that. How you going to deal with that? You got to come in with the idea that the horse that was supposed to ride, uh, the only one, only horse you could afford, uh, got a spur and can't fucking move now. What are you going to do now? How are you going to cut around that? Or the location decided that on the day, when everybody's there. Everybody showed up with all the stuff. They want three times the amount of money now that you're there. Uh, and you don't have that. That'll that'll eat your budget. Or the post production company that you have your movie and went bankrupt. These are all things that have happened to me. <laughs> the post production company that you have your movie and went bankrupt and took the movie. The 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 digital distribution platform you're on sold half of their movie thing to China and your movie is gone and you don't have rights to it anymore and people are wondering why they ordered it from Amazon and it didn't show up to their home and they're sending you personal mails and they're fucking calling your house to get their money back from a movie you have no control over like it it is an endless uh, torrent of hell and (laughs) distrust and horror and I love it and I need to do it every day. I need to get up and, and solve the problem and fix it. And I'm not, it might sound like I'm being hyperbolic. I'm not, man. I, I've said nothing outside of the range of things that have already happened. And I've only just touched on it. I've I've, I've had a producer come to me, take me to a bank and have the producer say, we need $30,000 in cash for the art department on a budget that's only $400,000, right? And this is just for a day. So I go get the cash. This is weird. I've never done this before but what do I know? I'm not a producer. I'm just a dumb film director. So I get the money out of the bank and I hand it to the producer who puts it in a fucking envelope like it's a a 1990s fucking crime movie and hands it. I watch it happen. She hands it to the art director who says thanks and drives away never to be seen again Mm. with the money. Jesus. (laughs) Like that's real. That's some shit that happens. Man, like it's it's the worst. It's not good. It's so bad. We had a for, for we did a western and the the armorer couldn't make it because he was arrested the night before. And the way we got our armorer on the set is we paid his bail, which was more money than what he was gonna get for his day rate. So we literally bailed him out of jail to come and shoot. Like it's 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 an endless unstopping hellscape and nobody wants to listen to you. You'll sit in front of a producer and they'll say, Who the fuck are you? And i am saying, I'm the guy who did this. I got these 28 awards on this one movie and I got all these things and these millions of views and blah 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 blah. And then they'll say, Well why have I never heard of you? And I'm like, I don't know. You don't watch movies? <coughs> <fuck are> <laughs> why
2: are you asking
1: me? I everybody like type my name on the Googles. You'll find me. Uh I had a guy tell me once that he wants some new information. He wants a new movies. He he needs he, uh, he needs new new ideas, fresh new ideas. And I send him six fresh new ideas. He's like, actually, I want something like that show Friends. And I'm like, that is not <laughs> a fresh new idea. In stark opposition, I sit in front of a producer who says, <clears throat> sorry, man, all of these things are risky. All of your ideas are risky. They're all so out there. They're so weird and out there and risky. What we're looking for is established content. I'm like, okay, cool. He's gonna tell me we need an IP from 1976. He's gonna tell me we need to do fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that are reboots, reboot. And he, he says, he looks at me dead in the eyes, this producer, dead in the fucking eyes, and he says, We need something, you know, you know, like a like a stranger things. I'm like, you mean that totally new IP that was completely weird and out there that came out of nowhere? His <laughs> motherfucker, he just looked at eight scripts that are all that. But he was like, he was in the moment where that had been established. It was a success, and he just wanted the success, and he didn't want to take a risk. It's just, it's endless. It is, it is a daily hell ride. And I know, I know, I want it because it's, I've never thought to not do it. Uh, I'm sitting, making a bunch of money, programming computers is ten times worse for me individually. It's not worse for my friends who I, I have friends who are programmers. It's not worse for them. They have a house and kids and a boat and a summer home and I fucking can't. <laughs> ask. I'm like asking my wife if it's cool that I don't pay literally anything this month. <laughs> like, is it chill? Yeah. Uh, it's it's a hard road, man. And I think my advice to you is if, and I I mean this, this is gonna sound hyperbolic. I know I've been very expressive and loud and all over the place, but this is a this is to all every filmmaker who's listening. If one percent. If you get a 1%, I don't know if I should do this. If that happens one time, leave. Stop. Don't do it. You can't. You're not going to do it. It's not going to work because you it's it's already not going to work. It's not going to work for you. Right? It's not going to work. You can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry Carlos. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to tell you you're not going to make it, bro. You're not going to make it. I know I know uh, the survivorship bias is strong, right? I love watching T get up and get the Oscar and say dreams do come true. Right. Ask him about that five years ago. Mm-hmm. If dreams came true, they didn't come true. Right. That's the guy who was in one of the biggest movies of all time. And then he was in one of the second biggest movies of all time. And they didn't <laughs> work. He didn't work for 30 fucking years. Right. It didn't work in the way that you understand. Uh, ask Jamie Lee when she's talking about on interviews in, in the late nineties, about her career is going to shit. If dreams do come true. Um, and, and if you're like, what? But, but it did work. He got the Academy Award. Yes, he did. The one guy. There's one of them. There's one. How many human beings? Well, there are 400 million of us here in the United States, right? China's making a bigger movie industry now. They're pushing real hard. India's had a burgeoning film. The RRR just won a bunch of Oscars. Of course, it deserved it. But that film industry is better than ours uh from a from a like treatment perspective from a uh a money like like a like a cost on the dollar perspective i'm not saying the art is better i it, i think it's a different thing entirely i love bollywood movies and Hollywood movies and i'm super uh they're like so best uh but i'm just saying like the the statistical likelihood that you're going to make it is zero it's zero i'm sorry it's it's infant it's, it's it's femtotesimal it is so tiny that you're not going to see it and the thing that you know is the thing that's gonna like do you yeah. want kids Carlos, you want to have kids and a family? No. Okay, good, good, because you can't. Not until you've done it. <laughs> Sorry. If you want to focus on your kid, you can't focus on the the insurmountable wall that you're going to have to climb. That's going to be impossible to climb. Uh, my wife and I have talked about it several times. She's a career-minded woman. She's got an incredible career, which is the only reason I have the internet to talk to you right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I- I'm kidding, by the way. Like, like I said, we're, we're doing a bunch of work, and we keep the, we keep the lights on. We're good. Uh, but not, we're not making movies right now. We're making game content and art stuff and stuff uh which is very good stuff i'm not gonna yeah. try but but i'm trying to i'm talking about making feature films uh we have every day every day adrian can back me up we have every day the conversation uh yeah cool we paid the rent but like are we making a movie and should we keep doing this yeah uh, because we can't we can't keep paying the rent but not making movies i would rather not pay, pay the rent and make the movie than pay the rent and not make the movie and my other business partner Ailey, she's 100% on board as well so every day we have this conversation We're, we have a meeting in 45 minutes in which we'll probably bring up that fucking conversation again like yeah. it's 100% the way the way life is it, carlos it's the worst it is the worst
0: you have to you have to want
1: it not in spite of that because you'll never spite it it's bigger than you you have to want it beyond want it has to be part of your dna you have to know you have to have a, 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 a an encyclopedic knowledge of what it means to make decisions on a film. If somebody asks you a question on a film and you don't know, go home, go home. The fucking second you don't have an answer, go home. The one time, I'm not talking about 30 times or all oh, this one shoot was bad. Fuck you. If you don't know the answer on the day, go home. You're not a director. Sorry, you're a guy who wants to be a director. You're wearing the t-shirt. You're not flying the standard. You need to know. You need to do all of your homework. You need to have every fucking answer. You need to have thought of the every compositional uh, quality that you want in that frame. You want to know every line of dialogue for those characters. And this is on top of paying your rent and making sure your clothes are okay. And and dealing with the diet program that you're on now or whatever other weird life shit you might have going on. You are God for 12 hours a day. Not a good God, not a God where everybody worships you and you're the greatest. You're responsible for the livelihood, life, artistry, and success of between two and 250 people, man. And you need to respect that. You need to own that. You need to carry that. Like it's the biggest, heaviest weight because it is. Every, every single union person on that set is going to get their health insurance because your show went. That's, if, if your show cuts, they lose their hours. You got people trying to get into the union. They might, they might lose the hours. They might have lost an opportunity to go to a real job because they're on your dumb movie scre- uh, job and they might have lost their union hours or potential union hours or whatever it ends up being to get either their benefits or getting into the union or whatever. These are you have, you have to understand this, man. Every actor out there, their entire life can be destroyed because of what happened on your set. Not because you're good or bad or you said the right thing or the wrong thing or you were toxic or not toxic or safe or not safe or any of that shit. You could have said the wrong fucking note and it will send somebody into a fucking drug spiral. Like that's oh. a thing that exists. You're not responsible for their life, but you are responsible for what you do and say. You need to understand each of those people, everyone in your cast. You need to understand the whole thing, man. And it, it's not laissez-faire. It's not easy. And if you if you hurt, great. Hurt more. Get the fuck up earlier if the move if the if the call time is seven you're there at fucking four in the morning if you're sitting in the car at four in the morning that's fine if you're on set pacing the set at four in the morning that's fine but you're there at four if the movie if the if you wrap at seven because it's a 12 hour shoot you're there until fucking midnight you're making sure everybody you say goodbye to everybody you go to everybody's table at lunch you give them everything and even then dude you're not gonna fucking make it it doesn't your talent everybody's got talent everybody's in their brother has got talent everybody Everybody you can meet in this industry has more talent than you, dude. I'm sorry to say it. I don't even know you. I don't know how talented you are. I'm telling you just from experience. If they don't have the talent, they have more money than you. If they don't have the talent and money, they have more family members than you. If they don't have more talent, more money, and more family members, they're married to the actor who's bringing the money to the fucking project, bro. (laughs) Like, you're not. You don't don't want to have kids, bro. Like, their kid is famous, and now you're going to be in the thing. Like, this is... The problem is, I just described as though those those things are silos, as though those those, those things are separate. They're not. You're up against the guy who's rich, way more talented than you, whose dad is a producer and whose whose wife's kid is the hottest thing in town. Like that's who you're up against. Like it's not. It's not going to work for you, man. It's not going to work for you. The only thing that can work for you, only 100% only thing that can work for you is you. You need to make a movie. You're an artist, you're a painter, right? You're a you're a sculptor. You need to go do it. You need to make art, not movies. Because mm. Hollywood doesn't make movies, they make money, right? If you can find a way to dovetail that art, go make an art on your iPhone. How many movies have you made?
4: Uh, I have uh two shorts so far.
1: Two shorts? What would you shoot them on?
4: Uh, one of them was just on a Canon, the other one was on a uh, Red.
1: Cool. You know what you need to shoot that? You have it, your your phone. Go shoot a movie on a phone. Go shoot. Go shoot every day. Go shoot something every day. Put a thing in your notebook that says, what What movie did I make today? If you didn't make a movie today, go home. Stop. Right. Sorry, bro. You're, you don't have it. You, 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 had, you had shit to do? You had a podcast? Fuck the podcast. Go do some work. Stop the, <laughs> the
0: Glenn Garri-est monologue ever. There's another guy this is there. amazing. There's another guy
1: out there who's better than you who's not doing the podcast. Sorry, bro. <laughs> what, what's the podcast? You know what the podcast is? Sorry, I'm not shitting on your podcast. I'm here. I love it. Uh, But I am telling you, in... 40 minutes, I got a movie meeting. And after that, I'm going in to shoot, right? My day, my movie stuff's happening today. I'm on the podcast because I could, I could, I've I i I've spent 12 years making it movie enough that I can be on a podcast. What are you doing here? You're not making a movie. Go make a movie. I'm not shitting on your podcast, but a podcast is a distraction. Everything is a distraction. It's not the podcast specifically. It's literally everything. You hungry? Fuck you. Don't go do lunch. Come make, make a movie. I'm being dead serious Robert Rodriguez says go pick up a camera Now you're a filmmaker That's from somebody who made a a Fucking uh, $4,000 movie On VHS in Mexico That somebody saw at a film festival Doing a lightning strike conversion Of the Hollywood industry From studio through the 70s mobile camera era To the 80s indie filmmaker era That is somebody who will never happen again It's not you Carlos Sorry dude You are not going to be him he he's lying to you the lightning does not strike dreams do not come true Uh, you picking up a film camera does not make you a film director sorry bro knowing quentin tarantino when he's just sold a movie for tony scott to direct makes you a filmmaker right more than picking up a camera my point is uh you're not gonna do it what you are gonna do is you're gonna make some movies Right? And those movies, if 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 marketed correctly internally, don't follow any rules, don't go to fucking letterboxed and read all their dumb shit. Every everybody who's making a dime not on you making a movie or not not with your the, the proceeds of your, your finished film does not know. They don't know. Right? I'm telling you, this is a real guy who makes money making movies. The d- if somebody tells you how to do it, you know what you need to do. You know what you need to do, Carlos. If that person is not literally directing a set when he's telling you that, fuck that guy. I'm going to go to <laughs> a set in 45 minutes. Uh, that guy doesn't know. The 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 service where they go talk to the producers for you, don't talk to those people. Uh, don't get an agent or a manager unless you're a fucking – unless you can provide something for them to make money on, because that's all they care about. And that's good. That's their job is to make money for themselves through making money for you. You, you get the, the off off slide of getting them the money that the higher percentage of the money that they're making themselves. Uh, that's what you, you need an agent and a manager for to make money. That's when you, when you enter that phase, but you don't need a manager. Now manager's not going to get you gigs unless you can prove that you're going to fucking make money for that person. So go do it, go to a film festival, go to every film festival, make a movie that you like, Make a movie that, that is your vision and take that to every place you can take it. I, I was on the, the tour for motivational growth and I was in, um, uh, Arkansas. And I, I, I'm, we just finished and the flight to, uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan was canceled due to snow and I was supposed to fly that night and then go show the movie. I was a guest of honor to show the movie, uh, So I rented a car and drove 19 hours straight. I peed in a fucking jar. I drove to that fucking theater, hopped out of the car and presented the movie. You need to do that. You need to be there. You need to be the face. You need to love that movie. You need to push that movie everywhere. You need to put everything. Do you have a house? If you have a house, mortgage your house. Mortgage it right now. Go to the bank. Get out of the podcast. Go to the bank. Mortgage the house. Make a movie. Do you have something you can sell on eBay? Sell it all. I have two TVs, uh, video game systems, and a bed. My wife uh, has a, a better computer than I do. I got some 3D printers that I use for utility work uh, for the job I'm in right now. If I have to sell them to make the next movie, they're gone. I don't give a shit. It's gone. Sell it. Sell everything. Make the movie. It has. To, you are a human being. Remember, I, talk, I joked earlier the heat birth of the universe. Heat birth of the universe happened. Uh, a, a, a catastrophic series of events has taken place since the dawn of the universe, and it's led to you, Carlos. Your entire family line led to you. What are you gonna do with it? Sit there do a podcast? No, you're gonna make a fucking movie. You're gonna get out there and make a fucking movie, right? And you're gonna fight me. I love, I love talking to Kim. She's not making a movie. Kimberly's my friend. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna do podcasts together. We to talk about fucking cool ass movies. It's gonna be cool. You, you're a fucking competitor, bro. You're. It's wrong. It's wrong minded. You're not actually a competitor. You'll never make the movie that I'll make. But you, there is a pool of money. It's not. It's 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 near infinite. This pool of money, but it's not infinite. So. You gotta beat me too. (laughs) Got that,
2: Carlos?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you know, go do it. Go do it. You're gonna kill it. It's gonna be great. Um, This is this is a preparatory speech. (laughs) I'm done with it. But uh, yeah, long story short, uh, it it is not the way to like have stability. Not until you make it, and and you could name the people who made it. We just saw them on the Oscars. We know the people who made it. We all know. Yeah, there's like 300 of them. But there's like, what, almost 7 billion people? So you're not going to make it, man. Uh, But if you heard all that and you're like, yeah, I'm going to make it, cool, go, go do it. Prove me wrong. That's what I want you to do. I want you to send me a fucking mail. I want you to send me a double fucking middle fingers selfie of you at an award ceremony. I want to see that. That's what I want. No joke. I want to be jealous of you. I want to be like, that Carlos guy from the podcast? Fuck. (laughs) i'm really not gonna make it right because the truth is um if if you're not facing that existential crisis you'll never you'll never push yourself where you need to go and again all jokes aside um on the day it is important that you are the rock you're the island every everything hinges on you and it should because you're the filmmaker when the film bombs you're going to be the one who bombs everybody else is going to go to the next shoot when it succeeds those people might win awards, but everybody's going to think it's your movie, right? So you, you're you're doing the biggest – you went to, to Vegas with your entire family li- lineages, money, and history, and you're going to put it all on eight, and you're going to roll the dice or whatever. I don't do Vegas. You're going to gamble it all. <laughs> hmm. And you just mixed like craps and roulette. I don't <laughs> shit. Uh, My point, though, is you're, you're risking it all. And if you're not risking it all, risk it all. Find a way to risk it all. Uh and if you're not, if you haven't found a way to risk it all, then you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. There's a thousand reasons every day you don't have to do, ah, my back hurts, and this happened and blah, 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 whatever the fuck happens. Every time you think of that, there should be a little alien guy in your brain saying, <laughs> You're a failure. You're a <laughs> failure every time. Because that's the only thing that's gonna get you out of bed to make movies. Uh mm-hmm. go make a movie. That's the answer. Go make a movie. And you'll do it. Uh I have no doubt that if you make a movie and it's good, uh, it'll go somewhere. Um, I' I'm saying this as somebody who uh, you might well. This, Who's this guy? This guy's nobody. I've never heard of him before. His movie's dumb. People on on TikTok of the 89 comments, seven of them, because I counted, because that's how obsessed I am, hated the movie. Right? Uh, yeah. Fine. Great. Uh, but I, uh, I I was making like I think it was making like two hundred eighty nine thousand dollars a year in the and this is in the early two thousands. Uh, I cashed it all in, gave everything up, got rid of everything, uh, got a seventy five percent loss on my uh 401k wrist it all put it on the the fucking put it on the mat it, i wasn't alone my family members throwing money at me and they were like bro this is the worst i'm like i know it's the worst uh and it, it worked the movie worked holy shit it worked do i feel like i did that no i don't i feel like the stars were aligned for that one movie you know what happened after that movie fucking crickets crickets bro Crickets, 28 awards. Crickets, who gives a shit? I, sta- I stood in a meeting with a guy. I'm trying to pitch this really cool movie. And the guy says to me, you know what we're looking for? We're looking for somebody like, uh... any names a filmmaker. That filmmaker I knew very personally because I had been to, I've been to 30, 33 festivals. We won 28 awards in 33 festivals. I've been to probably 15 of those festivals with that guy. And all, in all but one case, our movie won over that guy's movie. And the guy is sitting at me. This, this, this producer is sitting across from me saying, I really need somebody like that guy. <laughs> I'm like what the <laughs> fuck do you want, bro? <laughs> like I just here are the awards list. There's him, second place, third place, here's me, first place. What the fuck do you want? Um and it's cuz that guy's talented. The guy had a vision. The guy he's great. He's making cool movies. Uh it, it, it I I made the joke about like you're competing against me, it's not a competition. I think that competition thing's kind of ridiculous. Um a filmmaker uh, w- like as that's like saying like uh Put Picasso up against Beske. like you can't. They're different artists, right? They're doing right. different things. It's not going to make any sense. Uh, put Nicki Minaj against fucking Elvis Presley. Uh, nope, <laughs> not going to work, bro. They're in <laughs> different worlds. I can't even. That's put Martha Stewart up against Daniel Day Lewis. It's not going to make any sense. <laughs> uh, we're all doing different stuff. So I, my dream is that I meet you and we make we make movies beside each other. Come together we show each other movies holy shit! look at that i would never do that that's so cool uh you would look at my movie and be like that's dumb i get it uh but i feel like i <laughs> feel like get the competition idea out of your mind what you're competing against is an industry that doesn't want you there's an industry that wants um that doesn't need new voices right now it needs the, the repeat of last year's successes uh, and that's good for them. They're making money. They're having houses. Every single one of them can make another Marvel movie. Uh, by the way, I love the Marvel movies. I'm not shitting on Marvel movies. Uh, I like Martin Scorsese as well. I do not agree with him about the death of cinema being in the Marvel movies. Uh, I think cinema is big enough to support both Marvel movies and not Marvel movies, man. I think cinema is a larger beast than than Quentin Tarantino thinks it is. Uh, I, I don't. It's not mine. Cinema does not belong to me. Right, I'll watch. I'll watch a Quentin Tarantino movie on my phone, even though I know if he found out, well, he wouldn't give a shit because he doesn't know who the fuck I am. But uh, <laughs> you can buy motivational growth at his movie store, though. I can tell you that I went there. It exists there. You can go to his movie store and buy motivational growth. Ah, uh, anyway, yeah. Uh,
0: to be I'll fair, be- you'll be watching. You can watch something that uh, Carlos made sometime soon because he made it onto an anthology. It just made I- it to a festival.
1: I want to see it. Send me a link. It I was the randomest me. thing, and he went for it. That's great. That's great, Carlos, See, you're already making it, bro. Everything I said is garbage. Throw it away.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I think I it, uh, again, jokes aside, it is. It's. It's. Uh. It's not. It's not a good road. If If one percent of you is uncomfortable with putting it all on the line every time, um. Then you you need to consider something else only for your own sanity and safety uh it, it helps to have a loved one who supports you mm. but, uh, it, this is also a way to burn through loved ones experience because no one's gonna understand um, I remember my business partner for the starting of this company who's uh, while still a friend not the business partner anymore um I was like why aren't you on the set why aren't you here looking at this you helped you helped start this da, 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 da. and he looks me dead in the eyes he's like don not everybody gives a shit about movies like you do. Not everybody <laughs> loves movies like you do. And that that statement was so. That's like saying, "Don, not everybody breathes oxygen, <laughs> right?" I was like, "Wait, what? How do you mean? Not everybody breathes oxygen?" I. Uh, it's important to know that your pillar. The only way you're going to make it is 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 in the delusional idea that you're good enough to do it, and that you can convince other people of that delusion. And eventually, you will sur- surround. You'll have enough money to surround yourself with such unbelievably skilled tra- craftspeople, that your your dumb vision will be incredible. Uh, your nugget is is gonna be expressed by artists who are better than you. I think that's my ultimate goal. I love working with artists who are 10,000 times better than me. I want a set painter who's better at set painting a set than I could ever be. I want a DP who takes my dumb idea and says, but what if we did this? And I want an actor who says, I hear what you're saying, but I wrote a different backstory and I'm gonna roll with it. Uh, if, if your vision can come through those people, if you can maintain that, look, dude, you're, you're piloting a ship, you're piloting a vessel. Captain Picard, Captain Kirk, Captain Janeway, uh, Captain Sisko, Captain Archer, these people, they, uh, they don't run the engine. If, if challenged, they could probably tell you how the engine works, but without their engineer, it's not going to work, man, right? Without their science officer, they can't fucking scan a nebula. They, they, they can push a button. They can read the manual, but they need to know what it takes to make all of those people work at their highest degree, to express the powers that they have, to take the incredible crew that they've got and point them in the right direction, save the day. Captain Picard does it 0% of the time. That guy's the worst captain. But <laughs> he's a great dad. He's a great character. Sorry, I don't want to, I don't want to get the Star Wars or Star Trek. I said Star Wars. Star Trek argument about it. Uh, he is an incredible person, and he's, he's one of the coolest guys to watch on TV, but he's like the worst Starfleet captain ever. Sorry. like He, he caused the Borg to destroy most of Starfleet. <laughs> and it became one in the third episode he's already got people invading his ship Captain Jellicoe takes over his ship and is the best captain of the Enterprise ever Uh, anyway that said uh, unpopular opinions out the window now everybody who's listening is going to be like oh that guy he doesn't like Picard so like (laughs) everything he said was garbage Uh, (laughs) I don't don't think Voyager is the best show but I think that from like a letter of the law perspective Janeway is the best Starfleet captain that we've seen on TV um just from like a like what Starfleet is, not not from like a, is she the coolest? She's pretty fucking cool, but the show is hot. <laughs> it's not the best. Uh, anyway, that said, you're gonna make it, man. It's gonna be great. Don't worry. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I don't know what you were expecting. Like, make sure you get the Airyflex uh, Mini. It's a good camera. Like, no. uh, if you give a shit about what your camera, is you can start worrying about your camera when you have a budget, right? Worry about your, your composition. Worry about your actors. Worry about your story. Script first, script first, script first, script first. Tell a good story first. Uh, Primer is an incredible fucking movie, man. Primer's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so ugly. <laughs> the, the camera's out of focus half the time because Shane Carruth fucking didn't know what he was doing and he admits it and he's super open about it and there are these cool shots that are all set up and you can't lose them because he only shot enough footage to make the movie and there some of the shots are garbage, but that movie is one of the best movies, man doesn't matter what, you, what your camera is. doesn't matter. None of that. What was Alien shot on? Answer. Carlos, go ahead. Director, answer. Alien shot on? Don't <laughs> no look idea. it up. You don't have any time. You have no idea. Who cares, man? <laughs>